parenting with a toxic partner is a nightmare that I know all too well. And if you are living that same nightmare that I did, then I strongly encourage you to read, to listen to podcasts, to learn so that you can help not only yourself, but also your children. I made a video series on uh, a YouTube channel that I have, and it's a series on parenting with a toxic partner. I have to admit that I'm enjoying podcasting so much more than the YouTube channel. So my focus right now is on podcasting, but I want to share some of what I did in my YouTube channel with you guys here. So I've taken some audio from one of my Q and A's that I did on parenting with a toxic partner. And that audio is what I'm giving to you here today. So that I hope that you benefit from it. This is for those of you who are parenting with a toxic partner. Parenting with a toxic partner is a tough undertaking. And this is the second Q&A session uh, that I'm doing. These are questions that were asked to me uh, in our Facebook group. The Facebook group is titled Parenting with a Toxic Partner. And I'd like to address some of the questions today. So the first question I'd like to address is, uh, can you do a video on how to protect your children against their dad or mom that is a narcissist from being gaslighted and manipulated? Well, I got news for you. If your kids are going to have any interaction with that parent, then you cannot protect them from experiencing gaslighting and manipulation. And trying to protect them from that is not the right approach. They're, they're going to experience it. You know, and, and someday they may experience it from a friend, a coworker, a boss, even a relationship. And so instead, I would strongly encourage you to teach them skills of how to handle it, how to identify it, how to, how to then process it and, and how to, you know, create boundaries, how to trust their instincts. Instead, take the approach of teaching them how to handle it. And I'm going to be doing more series on that here soon. So please subscribe to my YouTube channel, join our Facebook groups. All of those will give you as um, will give you access to these videos. But teach your kids to trust their instincts. You know, too many times, especially if you're dealing with a narcissistic person, you doubt yourself. You doubt your own intuition. You doubt, you know, the thoughts that are going through your mind of this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel, you know, that doesn't feel right. And, and yet you doubt that because you're convinced that that other person knows more or that other person, surely they love you. They care about you. So you start doubting yourself. Your kids experience that too. So teach them to trust their instincts. And, and start by building that trust in a safe relationship. Except, for example, that relationship they have with you. Let them learn those skills of trust in the relationship with you. You know, let them, let them listen to their instincts. If their instincts say, hey, mom, this is not what I think is right, listen to them. Let them, let them voice their instincts. Let them voice what's going on inside of them and listen to them. And, you know, give them room. Give them room to disagree with you. Maybe they disagree. That's okay. Give them that safety. Give them that room. You know, trusting themselves in a, in a safe relationship will then ideally lead them to where they can trust themselves in a tough relationship. And they can start listening to their instincts. So that's one approach for sure. 
Another would be to teach them to, to set boundaries. And I did um, a whole video on the first Q&A session, and it was a lot about boundaries. And so I encourage you that if, if this speaks to you, if this resonates with you, go look up the first Q&A video I did. And I will attach that in the link you know, to this video so that you can have access to, to that. All right, next question. How do you eliminate, cope with, accept, when your child takes information from your home to their narcissistic parent and shares in a way to connect with that parent, but using you as a scapegoat to avoid dad's anger. All right. That's a long question. And I actually asked this person for a little bit more information. So I'm going to read a little bit more of what, what this person had to say. Um, and they said that the child is 17 and he's waking up to realize dad's dishonesty, but he's still playing dumb in order to survive in dad's home. He's throwing mom under the bus so that it can be more peaceful at dad's. Now, to the person who asked this, I have to tell you, I, I love that your focus in the question and some of the conversation we've had, that your focus is on your son and his development. You don't seem to be overly concerned that he's throwing you under the bus. You don't seem to be overly concerned with defending yourself. And I applaud you on that. I hope that that is what I'm reading, that, that what I'm reading is, is what is true. You know, your son, your son is in a, in a tough place. And if he's using this as a survival tactic in order to avoid dad's anger, let him. You know, you, you did say in some of the interaction that you're afraid that it would ingrain in him unhealthy coping mechanisms that, that maybe he would apply later, um, potentially sabotaging healthy relationships. I understand that concern. I do. But I think one of the best ways to avoid it is help your son to see that he is using survival tactics in a toxic relationship. And that that's okay. Give him permission to do that. You know, many victims of narcissistic abuse develop survival skills. Those survival skills can be detrimental if we use them in healthy relationships in the future. So we have to recognize the difference between a survival skill and relationship skills. So, so help your son to see this. Allow him to use this method to protect himself at his dad's. You have nothing to prove. You have nothing to prove to your ex. You have nothing to prove to your son. This is a survival skill from him. Tell him you understand why you would do that. Like you, you get it. You know, your son doesn't want to be attacked by his dad and he's looking for how to avoid that. And that's okay. Again, though, make sure he sees it as a tactical skill. That way he doesn't identify with it. If, if, if it becomes uh, something that he identifies with, it becomes a way that he defines himself, then it will play out in future relationships. I'll give you an example. When we're angry, we're experiencing anger. We're not an angry person. We're just a person experiencing anger. And I've talked about this in some of my other videos. But if we identify with being an angry person, then we will make that come true. And we will be angry way more often. If we identify with being a happy person, then we're going to pursue things more that make us happy because we, we start building it as an identity. So if your son can separate that he has got a coping mechanism going into place, you know, but it's a survival skill 
and it's not his identity, then it would not be as likely to sabotage his future relationships. And so, um, you know, I tell him that, you know, sometimes adults have to do this. Even you, you know, all of us, we have to do this. We can't be totally ourselves in every situation we're in. You know, sometimes when we're at work, we have to kind of, we have to portray ourselves in a different way. We might call that cloaking. We're cloaking who we really are because we have to make sure we can, we can handle the situation that we're in, be it a work situation, or maybe it's when grandparents come to visit. We all act a little differently in different situations. This is no different. This is the same, in fact. And, and let your son know. Well, I would call it cloaking or call it survival skills. Let him have a name to put on it so that he can identify that this is what I'm doing in this situation. Also, let him know that when he's with you or maybe when he's with his friends, he doesn't need to cloak. You know, my own boys used to tell me, Mom, I'm a totally different person when I'm with my friends than I'm with you. Well, I understand that. I'm their mother. Their relationship with their friends is going to be different. And that's okay. They're going to act differently. They're going to have, you know, maybe more freedom or, or less guard up in place and all of that. And as much as we have a healthy relationship, they're still not going to be the same way around me as they would be their friends. And so, again, I tell you, let your son, let your son do this, but help him to identify what he's doing. All right, the next question. What do you do about a child who is turning out to be a narcissist just like their parent? He's 17, he doesn't live with me, and he believes everything his dad tells him. I'm always the bad parent. At 17, there's still so much development that is yet to happen in your child. It's way too early for a diagnosis, so don't put a label on him. You know, I, I definitely, labels are detrimental to us. If I label myself as a lazy person, then I will live up to that. If I la label myself as a, a hardworking person, then I will live up to that. Be careful of labels. Don't label your son as being narcissistic. Don't label him as being, you know, don't, don't tell him, well, you're being just like your dad. That, that is detrimental to them. Don't do it. You know, I, I have to admit there were times in my boy's childhood, or my, especially the teenage years, that I was convinced that I was losing them to narcissism. I thought, it's over. You know, they're just like their dad, and there's nothing I can do to stop this, and it's over. But I was wrong. You know, my, my boys are proving me wrong. Teenage years are full of narcissism. It's a, it's a natural development that happens in the teenage years. Those teenagers are self-centered, they're self-pleasing, they're entitled, they're arrogant, you know, they're, they're untouchable, they think they're invincible, almost, you know, greater than life itself. This is a normal phase of development for teenagers. It's, it's part of their development that helps them to detach from their parents. It's part of what helps them to get on their own feet you know, to develop that independence. And, and to develop that independence, they have to become a little bit more self-focused and self-centered so that they can start finding their own way in life and, and detach from their parents. There's nothing wrong with this as long as you also help them to keep it in check by learning compassion along the way. 
making sure that they still keep it on their radar that, hey, other people don't like it when you talk this way or when you come across this way. And, and so don't be, don't be convinced that your teenage kid is a narcissist because the chances are, chances are they are not. Um, you know, it's not that your son is acting like his narcissistic father. It's that the father is acting like the son. Your son is allowed to be a teenager. He's allowed to go through this developmental process, but it's not okay for a grown man to still be going through that. So allow your son to be that teenager. Respect those years. Set boundaries, of course. Set boundaries and honor those boundaries. Do them calmly and just, you know, hey, this is the way the rules are. This is the way it works. But understand that they're going to portray some narcissistic traits and, and that, that's, that that's okay. It's, you know, you work through it, you talk to them about it, but don't flip out about it. Don't be convinced that they are going to be a narcissist. You know, it only takes one healthy, positive relationship to break this cycle of narcissism that's running in families. It only takes one, and you can be that one. Be consistent, be loving, set boundaries, healthy boundaries, be open, build this relationship of trust with your son. If this teenage son, if he yells at you, you know, don't react, don't get defensive, don't yell back, don't get emotionally charged. Uh, give him space, give him a safe space to try to deal with those intense emotions that are inside of him. He's got to get them out. And, and if they can go ahead and get out while he's in a safe environment, that is healthier than him keeping them bottled up and trying to get them out in you know, areas where he's not so safe. So don't get defensive back. Don't, uh, don't punish him for that. You can talk to him later calmly and say, hey, it's not okay to talk to me that way. You know, that really hurt. It's okay. I understand, but it's not okay, you know, for future communication. That's not a healthy way. And to help him to see that, help him to understand, but, but don't overreact. Um, you know, I, the fear that maybe he's going to become a narcissist can definitely cause us to react a little hard. And I was guilty of that myself, um, but it's okay. Um, continue to love him. Continue to do things with him. If you, even if you need to punish him, still continue to show him all of the love that you have for him. Uh, if he needs that space, give him that space. You know, as a parent, one of our main goals is to give our kids a safe environment in which to grow up. And that is important that you provide that environment for him. It's no different than in a neighborhood where the speed limit is, is low. You know, we have a low speed limit in our neighborhoods because our children are not aware of their surroundings. They're not capable of watching for cars yet. So we provide that safe environment for them where they can learn. They can learn the skill of paying attention to cars, but they can do it safely. Your home is the same way. Your child is trying to learn to grow and trying to learn to, um, to become themselves and, and to deal with these emotions and all the development that goes on in the first 18 years of their life. Give them that safe space in which to do that. The next question was how to teach young kids boundaries. And I'm not going to answer that here because I answered it on my last Q&A session. So I encourage you to go back and take a look at that one. 
That was one where I did deal a lot with this question and with the boundaries. So I'll include the link to that one in the notes of this video. But uh, but I definitely have um, addressed that one there, and I will you know be creating some more materials for parents who are trying to teach their kids boundaries uh, in the future. So there is also more on that yet to come. All right, the next question: What do you do when your ex's sole purpose in life? is to make your life miserable. What do you do when they continually confide in your child about how horrible of a mother you are? And I'm asking more how to deal with it psychologically. It's so draining on me and our daughter. Well, I hate to say it, but you are not going to be able to stop a narcissistic person from making your life miserable. They, that is their goal. That is something that they do extremely well. And as long as you still have interaction with that person, you can't stop them from what they are trying to do. Now, you can stop them from being successful on your end. You know, whether they may never even realize it, they may not know, and that's fine. So, you know, they're always going to feel entitled. They're going to feel above the law. They even feel like they're above common courtesy. Like, like they just, it doesn't apply to them. They don't have to use it, you know, and I'll never understand that. But, but it is kind of how the narcissistic mindset works is it just doesn't apply to them that they have to treat other people with courtesy. So from your perspective, I would say, understand you have nothing to prove to that person. You have nothing to defend. You have nothing to explain. And you have nothing to prove to anyone else either. Let your life speak for itself. You know, in regards to your daughter and, and he's, you know, talking about how horrible of a monster you are to your daughter, you have nothing to prove. And, and let your life speak for itself. Love your daughter. Have a, have a healthy relationship, an open relationship, a relationship built on complete trust. You know, be real, be genuine, and then let your life speak for itself. You know, and let her decide. Let her see it for herself. She'll see. She'll see the differences between how, you know, the two parents act and, and behave and, and interact with her. You know, don't become defensive because when we do, we look guilty. We look guilty and we look desperate. Um, defensive people just, they do. They, and even though you might feel desperate in this situation, let that feeling go. You, you just, you can't change how he is. You have to accept that. And, and instead of focusing on him, focus instead on you. Focus on your daughter and on you. You know, if he wasn't in your world right now, what would you be thinking? Like if he never existed, what thoughts would go through your mind? What would you be working on? What hobbies would you have? What would you spend all of your mental energy on? You know, being a victim of narcissistic abuse absorbs our mental energy. And I remember the day when I finally thought, wow, what, now that I'm out of that marriage and I've, I've walked away from all of that, what do I spend my time on? What do I spend my energy on? You know, my mind didn't have anything else to think about when I finally convinced it to stop thinking so much about narcissism and about the abuse and he did this and he did that. And I was like, no, let it go. And then all of a sudden I had all this mental space and I was like, wow. How do you spend that mental energy? Where do you put it now? Put it on you. Put it on your daughter. You know, be that person that you've always wanted to be. Be that person that you want your daughter to see. Be real and be genuine.
and help your daughter do this too. If she sees you doing it, that's the best resource she has because then she gives herself permission to do it too. So I hope that helps. I, um, I thank you guys for listening to my videos. My name is Renee Swanson and I do have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. I am going to be doing more of these Q&A sessions. I do hope they help. Jump onto the Facebook group. Um, ask your questions. Jump on to email. Send me an email. All the links are in the notes to this video. And I hope you guys have a great one. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.